Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Harbor Compliance. Harbor Compliance provides services and software to help nonprofits and businesses maintain compliance with federal, state, and local government licensing requirements. Check today's show notes for a link to get a free online fundraising compliance guide or visit harborcompliance.com to learn more. We're back with another special edition of Cause Talk Radio, in which we feature a deep dive conversation with one of this year's Halo Award winners. This episode features the Gold Award winner for the Consumer Activated Corporate Donation category, a partnership between DSW Gives and Souls for Souls. I'm joined today by Amy Stevenson, Chief Marketing Officer for DSW, and Buddy Teaster, CEO of Souls for Souls. We talk about their 10-year partnership and how they really doubled down in 2019 to solve a unique business challenge for DSW. How to provide consumers with a way to donate their gently used shoes so that they could make room for new ones in their closet in a way that supported micro-entrepreneurs in developing countries. We discuss how DSW incentivized customers to donate by providing bonus loyalty points, why it was critical for DSW employees, up to and including the president, to be all in, and what actually happens after shoes are donated through this award-winning effort. Of course, we also dive into lessons learned and what's happening with the partnership now, given the global pandemic we're all facing. One thing is for sure, people still want to give back, and this initiative provides a simple way to do so in a way that truly comes full circle. Well, hello, Buddy and Amy, and welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Hey, nice to see you. Hello. Good to be here. Congratulations on your Halo Award win. Very exciting. Yeah, it was big news. We are very excited to celebrate you. And it's super amazing that we get this time together to dig into your award-winning campaign a little bit. But let's start out first. Amy, would you tell us who you are and what you do at DSW? Sure. Uh, My name is Amy Stevenson, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer at DSW managing everything from analytics to creative and all of our philanthropy efforts. Perfect. And who are you, buddy? And what do you do at Souls for Souls? So my name is Buddy Teaster. I'm the CEO at Souls for Souls. I've been there about seven and a half years and a little bit of everything, but really to support our team as we work to collect shoes and clothes. Fantastic. Buddy, Souls for Souls has been a partner with DSW for 10 years. So can you talk a little bit about how that partnership began? So it predates me. uh, So I don't Wow. I I don't take or deserve any credit for that. (laughs) Uh, But I think the thing that's happened in the last few years is that partnership was uh, pretty low level. It was samples. It was a few things. It was uh, very employee oriented. And it was a good relationship. I mean, we had a strong foundation. So that, I think, allowed us to understand DSW more, DSW to understand what we could do. And so as, as we talked about ways to ramp it up, we had a lot of history to build on. Uh, But it was, it was, you know, six or seven years of a slow ramp, and then a couple of years of really fast growth. Fantastic. Well, Amy, DSW came to Souls for Souls in 2018 with a business problem. Can you talk about what that challenge was and how you thought you could work together to solve it? Yeah. Um, You know, DSW has always been a company that gives back at its core. And so we were doing lots of stuff internally. Uh, And we wanted to bring those stories to life to our customers because we just felt like there was so much goodness there. But I'd say one of the areas of opportunity was really around, um, we were doing so much 
kind of spreading it like peanut butter across everything that we weren't making the kind of impact that we really wanted to make. Um, And so we knew that was an issue and wanted to take that sort of the next step to figure, you know, who are we, what is it that we want to stand for in the arena of philanthropy? What do we, what is it that we want to um, recognize to our customers? How do we bring them into the process to help us figure that out? Um, And so that was the area of opportunity and how we started down this path. One of the issues with people wanting to buy new shoes was the fact that they had too many shoes in their closet already. So can you talk a little bit about that dynamic and um, maybe how that precipitated some of uh, the campaign that came together in 2019? We had done, we do lots of customer research knowing that, you know, customer insights leads to strategy. Um, And we wanted to figure out, you know, how do we get her to buy more shoes? Like a very basic (laughs) question, you know, for DSW in particular. And one of the things she told us was that um, I just, I don't have more room for it. I don't have enough room for it. And we particularly heard that in, you know, a lot of large cities, LA, San Francisco, um, but even in the Midwest in Columbus, Ohio, where I live too. And so we wanted to think about how we could help her with that, right? And we also heard from her that, you know, she feels guilty going out and buying new shoes when she has a closet of perfectly good shoes that she could wear at any time. And and these shoes are genuinely gently used. So we said, you know, let's help with that. Let's uh, formalize a shoe donation or give back program to help her clean out her closet, um, make room for new shoes. uh, And then, you know, we'll sort of be in that together. And so, you know, we'll donate shoes, we'll reward for those shoes um, so that it's us plus the customer uh, sort of marching on together. Buddy, what is Souls for Souls able to do with a pair of gently worn shoes with the populations that you work with? In a way, Megan, like we don't do very much with a pair of shoes. Like the real magic of this happens when we get it in an entrepreneur's hand someplace in the developing world, right? And what she can do with it is mind-blowing. So our job is to find partnerships like the one with DSW where we're helping to solve a customer problem. I have too much stuff in my closet. A business problem. How do we get people to feel good about buying shoes? And then we connect that with the opportunity. So our job is to get the shoes, sort them, pack them, get them back out to the door to Haiti or Honduras or Eastern Europe or Africa, wherever they're going to go, and find the right partners who then are doing the things to support their community, whether that's education or food, but often economic development. So these women that we and our partners work with, they will do anything to take care of their families, right? It's it it's blows me away every time I talk to these women about how hard they are willing and and do work. And what we find is if you can get high quality used product at a reasonable price in their hands, they can make incredible things happen with it that then turn into housing for their families, you know, two meals a day instead of one education. And so our job in a way is just to be that conduit to, to make sure that the brands trust us with those relationships with their customers and the product and get it to people on the ground who can really turn it into uh, things that help get people out of poverty for the long term. So just so I'm understanding, you're sending these shoes to developing countries and putting them in the hands of micro entrepreneurs. Are they then using that as a business opportunity for themselves to sell those shoes to their community? Absolutely, Megan. And so we're really clear this part of what we do, we call micro enterprise. And this is there's a, a big commercial component to it, which I'll come back and talk about for a second. But we sell the shoes, right? We don't give the shoes away. And so we okay. sell the shoes and the entrepreneurs resell them and they keep the profit, right? So there's a basic okay. capitalist model that we all understand and makes 
DSW work so that they have customers and choose. But what we've also found in that transaction is it gives the woman, the, the entrepreneur, the opportunity to be an equal, right? If we were giving them the shoes, they sort of have to take what we give them, right? There's this sort of misbalance of power. They have to take it and we get to feel great about giving them stuff, right? By making it a commercial transaction, she gets to say, I don't like your price. I don't like the mix. I don't like this. So she gets to be an equal at the table. And that is as powerful and meaningful as the economic benefit. So all that kind of comes together in this microenterprise model. I'm glad you explained that, buddy, because I did not know that. So that makes a whole lot of sense to me. And, and I love that dynamic. Amy, one of the things that DSW did in this initiative was to give your loyalty members bonus points for donating. So how did you settle on this incentive? And did it work? Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it kind of goes back to what I said before. We didn't want this, the burden of this, I would say, to all be on the customer. Like, it's great that they're donating and they're cleaning out their closet, but we as DSW felt like we had to do something to give back to. Uh, and so we built, we were relaunching our loyalty program at the time, which is why we were asking all these sort of customer insight questions. Um, we knew we wanted some sort of philanthropy give back component to it, as we knew that was important to our customers. Um, and so we said, okay, if it makes sense to partner with Souls for Souls, what is our part and how do we give back? And we think that's giving bonus points, uh, which turn into a reward, which turn into a discount or dollars off product. But it also goes bigger than that. It's allowed us, and as the relationship has grown, I think like any good relationship, right? You start tiptoeing in and playing around with a few ideas. And now that we've sort of been really in it for the last two years, it's allowed us to do even more from a give back situation. Um, so we've been able to bring our vendor community into it. So for example, right now we're doing a give back program with ESW and Reebok. Um, and they're brand new shoes. They're not even just used shoes that we're going to be able to give to, you know, uh, families in need. Um, and then DSW ourselves, we can give, we have, um, often have opportunities that rather than either marking down product or getting, uh, rid of it through other channels, we can donate it and, you know, do good in the world. And so honestly, that's uh, been great for us too. So from that, it allows us to, the customer gives, we give, and it's, you know, we're, like I said, in it together. And it just allows us to do more. So buddy, how exactly did this program work logistically? And, you know, I always like to dig in some of these behind the scenes little things. So how did you get these donated shoes from DSW? Did you drive around personally to all the locations and stick them in your trunk? Or how did this happen? And how did they get to Honduras? Do you like, you know, take your private plane down there? And <laughs> None of that happens uh, that way, that's for sure. And darn, you know, to, yeah, darn I, I feel the way. I'm, although driving to all 500 DSW stores, I don't know. That might be a different, oh my gosh. That might be a different kind of road I've been trip. to one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so listen, it's a big part of the issue. Like for, for our model, people sending in small packages of a few pairs of shoes that we pay the shipping for, it doesn't work, right? The, the economics right. are just impossible. DSW stepped up from the beginning and said, we're going to ship these shoes from our stores directly to our warehouse in Alabama. I, d I don't know what that number is. I know Amy and somebody on her team knows what that number is. It is, it is an unseen giant contribution to this program. And you know, Nobody, shipping is never very sexy, but in this exactly. business, without it, the whole thing falls apart. So the first part of how it works is DSW saying, we'll get the shoes from our stores to your warehouse. And that's been incredible because the, the response has been millions of pairs of shoes. I'll let Amy get into the details, but it's a lot of shoes, way more than our expectations. So the shoes come to Alabama, uh, where our main warehouse is, and we our team 
basically grades them. We don't, we don't sort them into men, women, children, athletic, anything like that. It's just about the quality. And as Amy said, mostly their DSW customers are really good. It's high quality used product. And for certain markets, we might pull out the bigger sizes that go to Central America and make sure they go to Africa. Or, you know, there are some, th- those kinds of distinctions. We then pack up the containers, work with our local partners on the ground. It's just like, you know, how do you want to get it there? And once we get it to customs, they take it from there. So their job is to get it through customs, get it to their warehouse or however they distrib- distribute the product. Um, so in, in a way, I mean, there's a, there are a lot of details in there and touching a couple million pairs of shoes is not to be dismissed. But without DSW at the front, there's no way this would have worked. And we've got an experienced, really good team and they have more than risen the occasion as the number of shoes has increased. They've been right there to, to make sure that we get them back out as fast as we can. I think that's one of the challenges with these programs because people will often say like, well, what are you doing, DSW? We're donating the shoes. You know, and that's a hard thing to communicate. Like, well, we are shipping millions of pairs of shoes on the back end that you're never going to see anything about. So I think that's a really great point, buddy. So thank you for bringing that up. But Amy, I have to ask, do you know how many shoes yeah. are donated? It's the, as Buddy mentioned, the growth has been, I mean, even surprising to us, I will say. We knew a few <laughs> other retailers out there doing donation programs. And so we benchmarked that ahead of time. But it's even blown those away. So in year one, wow. we did about 1 million donations. Year two, 2 million donations. So it literally doubled. We're at, we just hit 3 million. Um, and we expect to do, you know, another 3 million probably in the next year. So it's growing wow. very, very, very quickly to the point where, and this is a good problem to have and we love it, but even the donation boxes in our stores are overflowing and just how we think of the logistics and operations of having our associates make sure that they clean those out regularly, sort them and take them to the back, put them on the trucks to ship. Uh, it's become um, a job. Uh, and, and it's a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing. Our associates have embraced it. You can see the see that all over LinkedIn uh, and the way they celebrate it and celebrate the number of donations uh, they're getting as well as what they're contributing. Uh, so it's been fantastic. Today's podcast is brought to you by Harbor Compliance. Did you know that 41 states currently require nonprofits to register to solicit their residents? And that once registered, nonprofits must report regularly to each state to maintain good standing? Well, what qualifies a solicitation, you might ask? Many states consider online fundraising activities such as email, website donate now buttons, peer-to-peer fundraising, and social media crowdfunding campaigns to be solicitations. Harbor Compliance can help. With deep industry expertise, providing turnkey solutions to clients of every size in every state and from 25 countries, Harbor Compliance empowers nonprofits to focus on their missions and businesses to focus on their bottom line. Check today's show notes for a link to get a free online fundraising compliance guide or visit harborcompliance.com to learn more. Buddy, let me ask you another logistical question just because I, I realized I don't know another little piece of the puzzle here. So when you're talking about people getting it through customs and out to micro-entrepreneurs, is that a souls for souls task? Or are you partnering with somebody else on the ground in Haiti and Honduras to get those to micro-entrepreneurs? Yeah, we have a local partner on the ground who understands like getting it from the port to to wherever they need to get it to. And you know, early on, we tried to take more responsibility that a lot of our partners were new to this as well. And we thought, well, we'll help. You know, doing that from Alabama or Nashville is just a disaster, right? So mm-hmm. we, we've helped our partners understand the questions to ask and things to watch out for. But culturally, economically, uh, 
logistically, the people on the ground are, are much better suited to getting that product through. And then they develop the relationships. So a place like Haiti is really hard. You know, the and this is true in a lot of the developing world countries, right? There, there's there's really poor tax collection, except at the ports. That's the one place they can sort of <laughs> grab you. And so it, it's not a joke, right? I mean, they it's not always straightforward. Sometimes it's uh, it's crooked. It's always complicated. And in places like Honduras, which is much more straightforward, like it's just hard. They're like, oh, you know, the, you said you had a thousand pounds of this. Well, you actually have 700 pounds. That changes the, all the math. Mm. Come on, guy. So <laughs> it's hard. And as these, our partners have built up that expertise, like, thank goodness, right? They are, they are so far ahead of us on what it takes to get it through their end. And they've also found creative ways that we could not take advantage of by setting up themselves as an NGO or a not-for-profit of some kind in their countries. Often they can get those products through duty-free, saves them a lot of money, right? And by saving money, they can pass that savings on to the entrepreneur, put more money in her hands. So by being aligned with a not-for-profit partner, there are some uh, very easy to identify potential cost savings, but also their goal is the same as ours, which is to just put more money in her hands so she can take care of our family. And that alignment just pays benefits time after time. Amy, what would you say it took to communicate this effort to your customers? Are there any particular strategies that work better than others in terms of generating awareness? I mean, clearly you've done a good job because year over year, the numbers keep growing. And I'm sure part of that is just a matter of walking into the store and seeing the donation box. But any particular strategies you'd like to point out that worked particularly well? I think one of the key things was that we had customer buy-in upfront. And so when we were talking about that customer insight and research, we did a lot, a lot of talking to, um, I mean, significant numbers of customers to understand really what was important to them. And it was definitely in that we heard about empowerment specifically around women and families. Uh, uh, and a lot of that with our younger customer too. And so we already knew, and Souls for Souls was such a great fit with that, right? When you think about these micro enterprises and everything they're doing there. And so for our customer to be telling us they want that, and then we have this awesome relationship with that, and to bring that to the table, it was sort of easy at that point um, in that the customer was already bought in. We didn't have to do a lot of you know, selling of the concept uh, to say. And so because they were there and the customer was already, already there, it was just a lot of storytelling um, through all of our channels. We've have done, we have literally done it everywhere. We've done big PR campaigns around it. We've got our influencers involved. Uh, and have them, you know, either tweeting about it or posting about it on Instagram to get more donations. Um, email, always effective. <laughs> Everybody opens their emails. We get very high open rates when we talk about how many donations that we've collected. Um, but we, it's been such a successful messaging uh, platform for us, messaging strategy for us, that we are literally putting it everywhere and thinking all the time, how do we do it differently? How do we make it bigger? How do we keep it interesting and exciting? Um, that because we, we, I mean, we're all in, we want to keep uh, growing this and doing more. Um, it's interesting to see how it's morphed too. We are now moving into a little bit, um, still talking about empowerment and women and children and helping families and all of that, but also now moving into sustainability, um, mm. as that becomes more of an interesting consumer topic and how do we mm-hmm. you know, get second uses out of product, keep things out of landfills. Um, and so it just, there's just so much rich material there and so many ways to do good that uh, we, we're literally putting it across every channel and platform. One of the reasons that this campaign was selected as a Halo Award winner, you said we're all in on this. And I think that's so important in these campaigns because sometimes they get like 
okay, we're going to do this cute little social media cause campaign. And, you know, it's like this back burner thing, but it's these efforts that really the company is saying like, no, this is working for us. This We're putting this front and center. We're going to, you know, leverage every asset we have around it. And, you know, in stores, online, on our social, I think that's a really huge component of an award-winning effort and a best-in-class effort. So kudos to you for that. It's true. Like when you think of real estate, valuable real estate on sites and emails, to be able to get that space to talk about this message, sometimes can be a battle internally. And it's really not. It is like, like yes, everybody is there. I love it. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. I cut you, you off. No, Go I, ahead. But I, I want to I build on the point that you guys both made. And DSW is an all-in, and it wasn't a a transactional kind of campaign that worked two and now three years and thinking about the future together. But I think one of the things that DSW did, it, it's almost never about DSW, right? It's about their customers. It's about the impact that they're having. It's about the stuff out of landfills. It's not like DSW did this great stuff. And I think that has been a big part of the reason that people have sustained interest, right? I mean, this the, the way they tell the story, DSW is not front and center in that. And that's probably mm-hmm. a hard decision sometimes not to want to do that because mm-hmm. you're giving up mm-hmm. real estate, you're spending lots of money. But by continuing to connect what that person, when she goes into her closet and says, here are three pairs I don't have, and she knows the impact because that's been what she's heard, that's a big deal. And I, I think that's been, a from an outsider, it looks like a really important part of why it's been so successful. Well, buddy, for the first time in your organization's history, you opened up a sweepstakes in partnership with DSW to consumers to join you on a trip to the Dominican Republic to distribute shoes. So I want to hear a little bit about the thought process behind this. What were the risks and benefits there? I know this is kind of a tricky, thorny issue sometimes because everyone wants to go on the international shoe trips and go, you know, put shoes on a kid's feet or whatever it is that they're doing that is so meaningful. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and very collaborative with DSW on this, right? But I think one of the things that has been part and parcel of this program success is involving the customers, not just in, hey, donate your shoes, which is the obvious thing, but by then giving them the chance to participate in it. So I think that was kind of a risky move for DSW, honestly, because, you know, there's there's all kinds of legal and safety (laughs) things that every, you know, Sure. People have to worry about. We don't go to places where there are nice hotels and drinks with umbrellas in them. So it was risky <laughs> from that perspective in, in many people's minds. And so when DSW, when we said, hey, is there a way to involve your customers? Because they're the they're the generator of a lot of this stuff. They're like, yeah, let's figure it out. And it, I mean, some of the letters, maybe you've seen more of them than I have, but some of the letters and the way that people say, this is why I like to travel. I mean, they are like profoundly moving. I remember one from a woman from Ghana who had moved to the US and like she got it. She didn't have shoes. She saw these shoes being sold in the market. Mm. And when she wrote her story, you're just like, wow, that's that's how that's how this is supposed to work, right? And all those things came together at the right moment. So we we do a lot of travel programs. Um, DSW earned a lot so their employees have been able to travel too, which we're thrilled about. But by giving people a really direct connection from what they did to seeing it on the ground. Like there's nothing better from our perspective. So we didn't think there was much risk, but getting everybody lined up to understand the, the like those people who travel, they are never going to go buy shoes anyplace else, <laughs> but DSW after that experience. Right. So we can't do that for everybody, but that's just another way to tell the story that just, I think is like a flywheel and keeps it going. It is. It's my dream, my own personal dream. Just reading all those letters that came in, it was an emotional experience. No question about it. Like people had tears in their eyes reading them. And we got thousands, thousands and thousands of entries. Uh, But it is my personal dream to get as many of our customers on those trips that want to go. 
I mean, just to be a retail experience that not just sells shoes, but also gives back in that way where you can, you know, go and experience another culture um, and truly do good. Like I, that is the pinnacle. Uh, and maybe Castle on the Hill and a lot of years from now before we get there, but it truly, truly is where I can see us being someday. Amy, you also gave customers the option to donate 2% of their purchase to Souls for Souls. So how exactly did that work? Was this a point of sale ask? Was it well received? Can you talk just a little bit about the logistics behind that piece? Yeah. So we, as part of our loyalty program, introduced a new benefit called My Perk. And so it was about personalization and making the loyalty program more personalized to what you want. So our gift with purchase program or GWPs are really popular. Getting another reward is really popular or giving back. So we said, you get to design the program the way you want to, customer, and pick the benefit that's right for you. Uh, and so people could choose to give back rather than taking another discount or getting a gift. Um, we also, as part of our regular program, if you're not going to use your reward uh, before it expires, you can donate it to Souls for Souls. Uh, and that's been fantastic as well. So it's just another way to add some depth to the program and not make it feel and not make retail feel like retail has always felt discounts and points and right all of that. It's a way to just add a little bit of heart and emotion to it. Um, so it's been great. Buddy, I, we always like to talk about lessons learned at Engage for Good. So was there anything that surprised you about this particular activation with DSW or a lesson that you personally took away? I'd say, oh, there are a couple probably. I think there was a reminder at how connected people are to their shoes, right? DSW is in the business of, of explaining continually why, you know, shoes make you feel good. And like when I came to Soul I didn't understand that. And now I see how deep that can be, right? It's just, I know it's easy to make fun of people. They have a shoe, closet full of shoes and we can have a discussion about that. But people, it they mean things to people. And so to see a way, an easy way for people to do that was really a great lesson. I think another thing was not that we were that worried about it because we knew DSW, but the fact that, you know, it was, it exceeded everybody's expectations year one. And instead of saying, Hey, we got to like tap the brakes on this thing. They're like, double down, <laughs> right? Let's go harder on this. That was amazing. That was an incredible lesson when all these things come together, that's possible. And I think another thing is uh, everybody at DSW knows about it. Like I talked to the president of DSW and I talked to people in the store, they all know it. So it's not like this thin slice of the cheerleaders over here and everybody's like, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's how it works. And so to see how well DSW integrated that internally, how we were able to do our part to drive people to DSW and tell them this great story, that that to me is the it's still the pinnacle partnership, right? It's the way that all these things have come together. And so it's a high bar, but man, when it works, it is just, there's nothing better. How about you, Amy? What would you say were some of the lessons that you took away from this 2019 effort that maybe you're using moving forward? Um, you know, I've always believed customer insights are important to drive and run a business. And now I believe it even more. Uh, and not just superficial customer insights, but being on the ground and talking to customers for real and what matters to them. Because they have been a significant part of the success of this program, right? It's not just DSW. Our, our customers are in it with us. Um, and if we hadn't done that research and work and understood what was important to them, um, I don't think we'd be where we are. And even that's true for Go Forward. I mean, as we think about how we evolve this and keep it interesting, how do we make sure we stay close to them and bring them on that journey with us? 
to learn. Um, I would also think the other one, and uh, Buddy just talked about this a little bit, it is truly getting internal buy-in. So not just buy-in and aligning with your customers, but making sure everybody in the organization isn't just giving it lip service. Um, because we, we as marketing couldn't do it on our own. We need the store operations team. We need um, the DCFC, the shipping guys involved. Uh, we need Roger, the president involved, just to make sure that, you know, we can message this the way we want to. And, and we do. We have literally buy-in across the entire organization. And I think it, but also, again, it goes back to DSW's just DNA and who they are and giving back and wanting to do more of that. Uh, it made it easy, honestly. Um, which I don't think is necessarily the case across all organizations, but it was definitely a critical step. There's something too about the simplicity of this campaign that I know there are a lot of moving pieces. I'm not saying that it was a simple campaign, but it's easy for people to understand a shoe donation. It's empowering women in a developing company. Like that, there's a direct line between your very core product and you know the beneficiary. So that probably helped a little bit in the getting people on board because it's easy to understand. Yeah, that and sending our associates. Oh my gosh, uh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Uh, that they come back evangelists really and they're sharing it across the entire org um, and it gets people excited uh, to want to be part of that too um, which has been nice absolutely yeah there's no substitute for that well I have to ask you to just given the current COVID environment uh, what types of conversations are you two having about moving this partnership forward are you doing contingency planning and trying mm-hmm. to figure out how this is all going to work moving forward um, I'll let Amy lead on that because I think you know there's a there's an engine driving this. There have been a lot of discussions. Everything from are customers really going to still donate shoes? Or is there a little mm-hmm, bit of an ick mm-hmm. factor, right? Um, to that. Um, and if they do, how do we think about disinfecting? Not just for the customer who's dropping them off sake, uh, but also for um, you know the populations who will be using that product in the future. So lots of conversations around that. Um, we want the experience to not only feel positive from the giving back standpoint, but we want it to feel safe across everything. So that's really where we're at right now. How do we do bigger boxes? How is there less touching um, of the shoes before they're put into the box by both our customer and our associate? Because again, we have to have our associates bought in. So we don't want them to have to be um, manhandling or touching a lot of product a lot. And then clearly we've had a little bit of slowdown in donations <laughs> with our stores closed. <laughs> but uh, one of the things to kick off the opening of our stores is we're giving double the oh, number of points for shoe donations. We, yeah, we know there's a need out there, not even just internationally, but also even uh, in the U.S. And a couple of the events we have coming up in June will be uh, giving away shoes uh, uh, here in the U.S., both the new shoes that we talked about from DSW and Reebok, um, but then also some of the gently used. Um, but because the, we actually think the need is going to be greater, coming out of this, we know we have to do more to um, collect. And again, make it safe, make it convenient, make it easy. I think the most fun thing we just recently did or uh, along the lines of convenience is not only do we have um, curbside pickup, so contactless curbside pickup for shoes that people have purchased, but we have contactless shoe oh, cool. donation now too. So somebody and just can throw the shoes up the window. Drop off <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We'll take them. However, you need to do it. Uh, and we've got quite a few. So we're getting, we're getting creative. Yeah, one thing that, I, that well, I will add, because really without DSW, you know, there's not much that we can do on this front. But it's been really important for us to communicate to the, the people who are buying the shoes and the 
in the developing world to understand what's going on, right? I mean, they've got their own issues around what they're having to to deal with to COVID-19 and being locked down, et cetera. But I was just talking to our partner in Haiti last week and Haiti's about to be flattened with COVID-19. I mean, the, the prospect of it is really terrifying. And yet uh, Sam said, like, we got to get some shoes in. These women are like, they're going hungry. Even the markets are mm-hmm. still open. I mean, you know, that's not the, that's not the way it should be maybe, but that's the way it's going to be. So anything we can do to get product in the country and I get it in their hands, like it's, it's putting food on the table in a, a super immediate way. So for us to be able to talk to them and say, guys, this is, this is where things stand. This is where DSW is. You know, things are starting to open. We're starting to see donations come in, gives them a little bit of hope too. And I mm. think it's important for them to know, like we just haven't, uh, curled up in the fetal position and kind of waiting for things to change. We're doing everything that we can. And our top priority is to get that from the DSW customers and from DSW into their hands. Buddy and Amy, thank you so, so much for being here today. Congratulations on your Halo Award win. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Megan. You've been wonderful. Thank you. Hey, buddy, where can people learn more about Souls for Souls online if they'd like to do that? It is very easy. It is S-O-L-E-S, the number four, S-O-U-L-S dot O-R-G. Perfect. And Amy, how about you? Where can people learn more about DSW Gives online? Uh, DSW.com. Just type in DSW Gives and it'll pop right up with all the details. Fantastic. We will put that in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Well, thanks again, buddy and Amy. We will look forward to hearing about uh, the future of your fantastic partnership. And thanks again for joining me. Mm-hmm.